Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, listeners, to Sprite and Fay Friday, a new episode series where I cover a number of sprites and fay creatures from A to Z. I'm constantly researching and working on these episodes, with an initial small start to this series beginning today. I have a passion for all things beastery and compendiums of creatures in D&D. I can have my friend or my brother ask me about a creature, and I'll rattle off all its attributes and how to harm it, what weapons to use and what weapons never to use, and the history behind what this creature is. I also love classifying monsters and creatures by name and their special characteristics, to a point where it's occupied a crazy amount of space in my brain. So I thought, why not transfer this skill set onto a new sphere of knowledge, spirits and fae from around the world. So, I'm doing just that. Identifying each creature, its traits, and a little bit about its history. I'll be identifying the class type so we can align them to spirits and fae of similar types. I'll be going through their locations and origins, the danger rating, overall threat to us humans, and lastly, can a human take them on? These episodes will probably come in shorter than usual due to the substantive research time involved, but we'll see how we go. Like anything I do, I start off slow, then build up momentum. Alongside all of this, I'll be assigning statistics to each creature based on real-world strengths and weaknesses, and as we collect more sprites or fae, we can pit them against each other for comparison. Your first sprite or fae is... Axie. Spelt A-A-T-X-E. Axie. Other names and titles also goes under the name Axigori or Etsai. Translating to the young red bull. Class or type, animal spirit. About and description. Axie is a stoic, strong red bull engulfed in flames. The bull itself is massive. Eyes like fiery gems its skin rippling with waves of heat with embers crackling around its body. The heat of its flames exuding from its nostrils are hot enough to melt iron into paste. Despite Axie being a young bull, it is actually bound within its own spirit, to the ideals and ethos of justice. Not just the animal form it takes on, and the spirit is often seen defending large pools of treasure, or previously unguarded secret areas within the mountains, a means of protecting forgotten troves that once belonged to revered and respected people, including the Fae. As far as spirits go, Axie are very linear in their thinking, and what they perceive of people goes behind just physical cues. They can see into your fate lines, and exactly who you are. In particular, should you encounter the Axie, you must never, ever lie, cheat, or try to beguile it in any way. They have the uncanny ability to detect thieves and scoundrels, and depending on your nature, will actually attack you on sight, should you be judged so, in possessing those qualities at least. They are also specialist shapeshifters. They can alter their bodies to appear humanoid, dragon, goat, horse, or pig type, and usually any animal type in between those classes. Axie take on the properties of those creatures as well, 
which is an extensively specialist skill set that spirits don't usually possess. Being a shapeshifter also, without a doubt, will always inherently make it difficult to harm them. They are naturally very, very tough. You can always identify when an Axie is near, due to the storms, lightning, and strong winds in the area, despite being high up in the mountains. Now, should you ever encounter one as mentioned before, never lie, tell the truth, and be brave. Should you be questioned on why you are there as they mentally reach out to you, and what you intend to do whilst in the area, answer truthfully. Lying instead of telling the truth is as good as a death sentence. And even if your intentions are ill towards the Axie, they are honorable and will give you either a fair fight or a chance to leave. But if you lie, the fury you'll come up against is far worse than fighting it directly. A level of rage like no other with these particular spirits. Location the location of these spirits are the Prianis, and their history originates from Basque. 430 kilometers between Spain and France, residing in the mountains that rise higher than 3,400 meters in elevation, and they inhabit particularly caves in that area. Danger Rating Now, I'm doing this a little bit different from a standard creature attribute perspective, because, well, they are spirits, and as a result, need to be measured in that way also. And also, they need to be assessed differently as a foe or an enemy to kill. So I'm including their attributes as follows. Strength, which refers to physical ability to overpower a foe, particularly a human. Intelligence, which refers to communication skills and aptitude, but also outsmarting, tricking, or manipulating a human. Endurance, which refers to the ability to take a lot of physical or spiritual damage physical by human, and spiritual by other spirits, and some particular few of humans. Spirit power, which refers to raw energy and ability to manifest that energy. And lastly, warding, which refers to protective barriers that a spirit may deploy or has to deflect or absorb spirit energy of that nature. These attributes mark up these attributes mark up to 25 points in total, with 5 points available for each attribute. Humans are roughly 4, whilst a weak spirit would be 5, with 1 point for spirit in warding as a basic attribute. So innately a weak spirit is still stronger than a human, because humans have 0 in warding, which is protection from spirit energy. That's not to say that there are spirits that have no strength for example, but we'll get to that later. And also, that isn't to say that every human has no warding protection, it just means the majority of people wouldn't. So, for the Axie, I registered Strength with 3 points. Physically damaging spirits or people with horns, hooves, and the ability to shapeshift into other animals provides it added weaponry to harm humans and other spirits. The Rage ability also pushes the Axie from 2 Strength to 3 in that Ferocity, Brutality, and Fury enables its ability to gouge, eviscerate, and render significantly empowered. That's why strength is so highly rated for this flaming red bull. Intelligence 1. Has the ability to communicate, understands human communication and speech, but doesn't show any higher levels of intelligence and operates somewhat like a golem in protecting treasure troves. Endurance 3. 
As a shapeshifter, the Atsi can manipulate their bodies to absorb damage and cover wounds. The fact that they can undergo significant physical alterations would mean that harming them would be significantly difficult. Especially so from a human perspective. Stabbing a creature whose flesh simply wraps around the blade would certainly make hitting it fruitless, and great efforts would be needed to harm a creature that's also on fire. Spirit Power 3 The fact that they can shapeshift into a dragon shows a significant tier of spiritual manifestation, and taking on the properties not just illusionary in nature, is a quite high degree of skill and power, illusionary being a mirage manifestation, whilst actual physical shapeshifting requires physical energy and spiritual power, one that this spirit doesn't need to maintain, it just simply does it at will. Warding 1 Flaming or boiling skin, a physical warding present, but not significantly spiritual. Enough to keep us humans away. In total, the threat level is 11 out of 25, placing it to low to medium. Just as a reminder, a threat level out of 25 represents how each attribute, with a max of 5 points, collectively stacks up. The Axie is rated low to medium because it's unable to reach the 50% point of the overall threat level. In saying that, Endurance is very high, and has strength to match it, whilst also having flaming protection, plus the ability to shapeshift. So you could argue that it should move into medium, but the points don't lie. <laughs> Lastly, would a human be able to take it on? Yes, this spirit can be outsmarted in the sense that knowing some spirit knowledge about loyalty, honor, and justice, you could demonstrate that ethos through action and manipulate its sense of justice should you, for example, be the rightful owner of that treasure, or demonstrate respect, or perform a feat of loyalty towards a friend, Attacking you would be far from its mind, should you demonstrate those traits. So that threat would just disappear if you could align yourself with the spirit. But could you do harm to the spirit physically? Yes, but you'd need a lot of strength and tactics. You would have to do it quickly and at a range. A two-handed weapon like a sledgehammer or claymore for close range or any sort of firearm should seriously harm it. But the main goal here is to hurt it before it realizes how much of a threat you are lest it turn into a dragon and then it's game over. Shapeshifters are a tricky bunch. Get to them early before they get a chance to build themselves up for an attack. All in all, you could take this spirit on, but it would be really at your peril and quite a risk. Our next spirit is the Abata. A-B-A-T-A. -A. Name and other titles, this spirit is also known as Abatan. Class or type, Orisha. About the spirit. Firstly, let's look at what an Orisha is. Originated from Africa, Orisha sounded out as Orisha, are spirits that run the world. They are like guardians or angels of the universe, providing governance and functionality for Earth, the flow of energy, and the control of creation. They are deemed delegated spirits providing spiritual duties within the universe, and of all spirits created, 40 of the Orisha are actually within human contact or possess duties that would place them into human contact. The Abata being one of those 40. Now, the Abata being a kind of Orisha spirit was created by the higher tier spirits to work in specific parts of our world. This Orisha, the Abata in particular, 
for working exclusively in swamps or marshes. Interestingly though, they also have a duality in that controlling the growth and spreading and reduction of swamps and marshes, the Abata also control the quantity of wealth shared around the humans that populate near those controlled marshes and swamps. Particularly, the Abata's control over the swamps and marshes delegate to them control over the hidden and secret aspects of those swamps and marshes. Unfound treasure, lost weaponry, hidden knowledge, and drowned riches, unnoticed by the Abata but feverishly hunted for by the people around them, of which are all collected and revealed by the Abata at any given time, and upon the Abata's desire, knowing full well the people desire it whilst not wanting it themselves. The populace living around the Abata would bring offerings to entice favorship from the spirits, trying to gain goodwill and partiality, coercing the spirits into lowering the swamp, reducing it for a time, so that the treasure beneath may be gleaned and returned to the people as treasures or artifacts. As for what they look like, Abatas are snake-like or long, sleek, snake-like creatures colored in light blue, coral, gold, green, yellow, and pink. They have either dull matte colors when slinking through the swamp, or shiny bright scales should they seek audience with those providing offerings to them as favors. Locations Africa and Cuba is where initial historic information and research points to, and also serves in sacred sites within West Africa such as Ife, Osogbo, Yorubaland, and Oyo, Nigeria. Danger Rating Strength 1. There's no details on what the Abata can do as damage, unless you were bitten by them as a snake. Beyond that though, they can't break bones or snap legs, and as far as snakes go, from a spirit perspective, they could only really do minimum damage to us humans, which is why I've allocated one point into strength. Minor chance of being actually dangerous physically. Research doesn't stipulate how long the Abata become when in snake form, or how burly they get, but they equally don't specify shapeshifting as a particular quality, hence the one strength point. Intelligence, two. Able to communicate within the spiritual world and also to humans. No information though on how they communicate to humans directly other than reacting to offerings and providing favors, using signals of their scales to indicate their decisions during these communications, a sort of on and off or yes and no switch to us people. They do, however, have ties to the spiritual realm, and as a result harbor connections throughout the universe and the ability to commune with spirits, both big and small, in universal obligations. Essentially, the Abata are like clerks of the universe, lots of connections with the ability to leverage those connections when needed. Endurance 1 Intangible in nature, only showing themselves when desired, but also manifesting as a standard-looking snake. Their powers come from Olodumar, a universal spirit god, one of the key spirits of Yorubaland in Africa. As these spirits represent functional parts of the universe, they wouldn't be targetable by normal means. Consequently, I'm giving them one point for endurance in the sense that, should they possibly be able to be harmed, and if they manifest themselves as a snake, they would be killable with any sort of weapon, but only in the sense that they would physically be killed, returning to the swamp or marsh as spirit energy. 
to then manifest at a later date again as a snake. Remanifesting as a creature from within a spirit realm doesn't qualify as endurance, as that is a trait that all spirit animals or creatures possess. So, hence the one endurance. Now, here is where it gets interesting. Spirit Power 3. The Abata are able to control swamps and marshes, raising them, lowering them, and spreading them throughout West Africa. These spirits also govern huge sections of swamps and control the swamps interactions with the human population that they surround. If they were instructed to flood an area with swamp or marsh, they would. They possess the power and energy to do so, stemming straight from the earth itself. Earth spirits are some of the most powerful spirit forces out there, and Abata are no different. Coalescing of Earth's energy to shift swamps and marshes onto dry land and swampify or marshify the area is a powerful, elemental energy shift, one that simpler spirits aren't able to control. As a result, the Abata spirit power is 3, which is significantly high. Warding 2 Created and protected by Olodumar itself, these spirits are governed by strict deity rules that govern their function, and as a result, they have delegated power and defenses to stop other spirits in intervening with their area of control. In saying that, no other spirit would be able to intervene with their dominion, but the ability to do so would be going against Olodumar itself, which, as a universal earthen deity, would bring with it a default level of warding and protection. To move this spirit from where it is though would require a significant commune with Olodumar and manipulation of those spiritual energies. So at a base level, a human trying to shift this spirit away or towards another area would take a significant level of warding control. As a result, threat level 9 out of 25, considered low in threat. Unable to reach the 50% threshold, the Abata is really not a threat and the points represent that. Secondly, they're clerks of the universe. They swampify and marshify areas based on instruction from the universe. They are not malevolent in nature and don't act up unless coaxed or persuaded otherwise by greater forces. At a very basic level, they are also snakes. So to a human, not a threat at all really. However, from a spiritual standpoint, they can shift villages out of their locations completely by flooding with marshes or shifting a swamp beneath and through an existing village. Again though, only if the intention is there. If the functional requirement of that spirit is to move that swamp or shift that marsh, they harness those earthen spiritual forces directly to alter the landscape of West Africa itself. Lastly, would a human be able to take it on? Well, this is a tricky one. I mean, yes. Whacking the Abata as the snake on the head is one sure far way to kill its physical form, but beyond that, attacking it spiritually would just be futile. A high degree of warding and a very high spiritual power could lead to the spirit attacking you directly within the swamp or marsh by means of its domain power, drowning you in the murky and sludge depths of the tree debris beneath you. So yes, for physically, but no for spiritually. And again, these spirits only act on intention or instruction. So it would take a very special human to incite this sort of reaction from the Abata. And folks, that is our first taste of the spirit and fey beastery. Let me know what you think in the comments or via email at storiesfablesghostlytales at gmail.com. 
And to my Patreon supporters, I'd love to know your thoughts as well. Do you agree with my spirit and fey attributes? Have I missed any key attributes you think should be in the attribute section? What about other areas you'd like me to cover in this space? Let me know, and also, you can be a supporter as well by visiting patreon.com forward slash sfgt. I want to thank my Ode Night Tea Titan, Maya, and begin my usual storytelling for all my White Tea Warlords and above supporters. Maya, a creature of pure azurite and calcium carbonite that lives in the densest part of the African caves. Many of her rock spirit kind inhabit the Blombos Caves, and are innately harmless. The Mayas like to dig their way into the rock bases and absorb the calcite that is embedded there. Some of them grow as big as 2 meters, and when spotted by humankind, freeze and merge themselves with the rocks within the cave. Quiet and shy, the spirits are rarely seen, but bring polish and shine to the caves that they reside in. My White Tea Warlord, Solstra. The Solstra spirits live in the mountain hollows and deep caves of the Pyrenees. From afar they appear as little yellow shining lights bobbing up and down and swaying to and fro in the air. One of the few spirits of reverse coalescence in that they are spirits of darkness living in caves that offer light to the lost. Seeing a Solstra is akin to the spirit world guiding you to safety. My White Tea Warlord Lee Lee Shrews inhabit the deserts around Ife, West Africa, known as the Lee Shrew by locals for its mischievous attitude towards the humans in the area, digging up root plants and popping them on the locals' doorsteps, and wiggling their ways into sandholes to flush out animals for people to hunt. Kind to the humans, the Lee Shrews rarely get on the nerves of the locals, and are always welcomed by the people of Ife. My White Tea Warlord, Paige. The Pegeton spirits inhabit the large baobab trees of West Africa. To those that can see them, the spirits of Pegeton sing sweet songs into the roots of these large and burly trees, helping them grow, extending their roots out through the sands, without the need for water or resources from the soil. Pegetons are respected and revered for their service to the environment, and even though they offer no punishment to those that disrupt them, other than leaving in the blink of an eye, the locals will most certainly take on that mantle. And of course, my epic Earl Grey enforcers. Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffelli, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fassig, and Alia Arcane. Thank you all for being amazing and supporting the show. If you enjoyed the episode, let me know, and I'm open to any feedback you have in this space. Cheers, have a wonderful weekend, and as always, till next we meet.